It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in everybody to betting pros is me, Joey P, Joe P Zapia, and it's time for the week 11 look ahead already. Of course, we'll do a little uh, flyby of Monday night football as well. But remember, we're brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Use that promo code betting pros. And don't forget to download the sportsbook app for BetMGM today on your Apple or your Google device. It doesn't matter. They all work and they're all fun. So go check out BetMGM and gentlemen. A fun weekend of football. My goodness. I know Pat's in a good mood. The Packers pulled a rabbit out of their hat. But I'll tell you, man, maybe the game of the year, the Vikings and the Bills. That was wild. That was crazy. Lots of emotions, lots of roller coasters, an amazing catch by Justin Jefferson, too. And can you believe it? Jeff Saturday got a victory. Look at this. What a crazy year of football 2022 is. And there's only one thing we could do, which is continue to look ahead. So we're going to do that. The Tennessee Titans now six and three going against the Green Bay Packers, who are three and six and still in the playoff hunt, if you can believe it, because that's the story of the NFC. But let's talk about this. Let's talk about the Packers here. They are one point favorites at home. Tennessee is a team that I always say it every week. They drag you down to their level. It's ugly, smash mouthy kind of football. And that has been a successful formula for Mike Vrabel and this team for quite a while now. Is this the exact worst kind of team for the Packers to be playing after this week? Pat Fritz Morris, what are your thoughts here on this one? Because we got 41 is the number, and that might even feel too high for me. Your thoughts on the Titans and Green Bay Packers. Was there a good team for the Packers to play, Joe? Because they've lost to, uh, you know, a series <laughs> of uh, bad teams before turning things around against the Cowboys. Well, um, I think the thing is, I mean, you're talking about physical football teams. I mean, the, the Cowboys defense certainly can play physical, but but offensively, they are not exactly, you know, they're not handing the ball off to Derrick Henry 25 times. You know what I'm saying? It's not the kind of team that's right. going to gonna push you on the lines. The Titans want to win games on the lines, and that's one thing that I think is – tough because the green bay offensive line hasn't played all that well this year we all know that so i mean look it's basically a pick em, but to me if you ask me i would have thought tennessee would be favored by more going into this game yeah i mean um it, it's funny joe because like late into the third quarter yesterday the packers had i think 13 pass attempts for the game like they were actually trying to play tennessee titans football against the cowboys yesterday and, uh, you know, basically run it and just pass in an opportunistic sort of way. But, yeah, so the first thing I think about is Derrick Henry against the Packers defense. Not good. Packers run defense has been a mess all year. Um, but, like, the emergence of Christian Watson for the Packers yesterday was no small thing. Like, this offense needed a playmaker in the worst way. And uh, it, it looks like they might have discovered one. So, with this total, the low total, like, on one hand, I mean – Yes, both teams are going to play conservatively. Maybe that's sort of the Packers' new approach. Uh, and, like, if the Packers do try to play that way, they're playing right into the Titans' hands because they defend the run so well. On the other hand, though, I think both of these offenses could potentially be pretty efficient here. I mean, I do think the Titans will be able to run with success against the Packers. And, uh, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers is able to pick on the Titans' pass defense a little bit. So I like the over here, not feeling really strongly about a side. Yeah, uh, it's funny because last night when I put the show sheet together, this number was at one. And now this morning I see on bettingpros.com, it is two and a half now uh, on the Green Bay side. I am jumping all over Tennessee here, Friedman. I am making no qualms about this. I have no apologies. I'm not drinking the green Kool-Aid because I don't know what flavor it is. It could even be that Ecto Cooler stuff, which was super weird when I was a kid and I wouldn't drink it then. So Friedman, what are your thoughts on this? Any early value on this Packers Titans contest? Yeah, I'm I'm the other way, but I can see the the side for the Titans because you know the the Packers are most vulnerable on defense against the run. It this feels like a Derrick Henry smash bot where uh, they just give him the ball 30 times a game and uh, keep it close and win by a field goal. Uh, and Mike Vrabel as an underdog, that's when you want to back him. So it, it's kind of the perfect spot. The thing is, uh, I look at Tennessee. And I have no respect for really what they're doing on offense. <laughs> Tannehill is still limited. Like you could see it physically. He's still very much limited. Uh, and now he's playing on short rest. Uh, and on defense, they're missing like seven starters. You know, like uh, this feels like a, a changing point for the Packers offense where they were starting to do a lot of things right against a really tough Cowboys defense. So I have upgraded them a little bit. I have this around 
like 2.753. Uh, and so if I can get it under the key number of three, I will be inclined to take Aaron Rodgers at home. But, you know, in reality, there's probably not much value here, but I would lean pretty strongly towards the Packers. I just took the Titans while you were talking on the money line at plus 128 yeah. over on FanDuel because it was a good sell job. You really tried. You had a lot of good points there. I'm going to go back to the Derrick Henry smash part because I just don't think at the end of the day we can we can stop that. Uh, the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields is almost unstoppable. Not quite, but almost. Uh, the Bears and the Falcons are going to lock up here in this one. The Falcons are three-point um home favorites which basically tells you that you know vegas has no clue whenever you see that uh you got 48 and a half on the over under here and plus 143 on the money line for the bears so certainly last sunday here it was a, a contest that was very winnable for the chicago bears they had their moments give credit to the lions they showed grit yes grit that's what they showed we've been hearing about it for all these months but we finally saw it in action so what do you make of this one Atlanta coming off a tough loss a little bit extra time to prepare but the Bears offense really starting to look like something that's going to give a lot of people fits and opposing defenses are going to be chasing them for days and days uh what are your thoughts on this early value if any Friedman for the Falcons and Bears well, he said, give them Fitz and Fitz's ears perked up. It's like, you know, like, yeah. uh, oh, I, I heard my name there. Uh, should the, yeah. Should the, Falcons, <laughs> should the Falcons be favored against anyone, even at home? Like this, this no. line feels really <laughs> wrong. And Arthur Smith is three and nine against the spread at home for his career. Like he does not have a home field advantage, at least historically, based on how his team has performed when playing in the, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So I, I have these teams very even. Uh, and I was, I'll say I also see value on the over here. Like the Bears have been an over team for the past month, you know, as their defense has lost players to trades. Uh, and as Justin Fields has turned it on and become like Lamar Jackson 2.0, like They've been able to score and they've been scored upon. And I think we continue to see that here. So I like the mm. Bears and I like the over. It's a great point. Another 60 points in the contest plus that they had on this Sunday. Is that the way to approach this game too, Fitz? And just stay away from winners and losers. And as Bruce Springsteen said, don't get caught on the wrong side of that line. Yeah. Um, so this is a really interesting game in that it's tied for the highest total on the board this week between the two run heaviest teams in the NFL. Like the bears are running the ball on 59.6% of their offensive snaps. The Falcons on um, 56.1% of their offensive snaps. So also these are two slower paced teams uh, offensively. Like the Falcons are uh, sorry looking for this Falcons are 30th in offensive pace bears 23rd so two run heavy slow pace teams and we've got this super high total I can't quite get on board with the over here I'm not sure I'm confident enough in the under to totally fly in the face of Friedman <laughs> here and uh defy him and, and go under nice um, alliteration though that was well done the fly in yeah the face of Friedman's. exactly um mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the Falcons have a lot of the second fewest rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks, but I actually don't really buy into that because they really haven't played any running quarterbacks, save for like Justin Herbert, who just sort of runs opportunistically. Um, so, yeah, like I, I agree with Friedman. If I'm betting this, I'm betting the Bears. And um, the total just kind of makes me nervous. I, I don't think <laughs> I can go over here with these two teams trying to drag football back into the 1970s. <laughs> I will say I will say quickly to Fitz's point, I totally agree with everything that he said regarding the slow pace and, and the run heavy nature of both offenses. The thing is, both of these teams play with great efficiency, especially like uh, with uh, Fields being able to take off and turn like any run into a 60 yard yeah. gain. So the efficiency is what will give this game the over if it actually gets there. I was going to say he could turn any loss potentially into a 50 yard game, which is even more, I mean, that is such a backbreaker for defenses when they have, when they have somebody dead to rights and he breaks three tackles and then goes scores a touchdown on them. That is just the stuff bonus points. Can you name the Bruce Springsteen song that I quoted? Anyone, anyone come on. There's winners and losers and don't get caught on the wrong side of that line. No, no. Atlantic city, Atlantic city. It's a good Ooh. tune. You should listen to it today, everybody. All right. So the little music lesson for you, let's go to the next one here. And we've got the Carolina Panthers coming off a big W See, primetime games. Those guys know everybody's watching. 
Uh, this one, though, uh, they are 12 and a half point underdogs going into Baltimore, and rightfully so because that Baltimore Ravens defense looks very, very good <laughs> right now. Uh, 44 is the number for this one. If you like the Panthers to upset, and if you do, I'd like you to check into a local medical facility. It's plus 500 uh, if you like that. Now, anything can happen. We all know that, but let's talk about the 12 and a half. Let's talk about any early value here, Fitz. When you're looking at this, a situation here for the Baltimore Ravens and the Panthers. Do you see any value at all? Do you see this 12 and a half growing potentially even larger as the week goes on? It could. Um, and I don't see any value, Joe. I just like, I will not bet favorites this big in the NFL and I won't bet against the Ravens at home. So uh, I would be violating two policies by playing either side of this game. Um, you know, it's just like, I think the Ravens pro- probably are 12 and a half points better at home than this Panthers team. But uh, at the same time, like, I hate the idea that the Ravens could be coasting and up 17 points late and get backdoored and, uh, you know, lose lose money for you. So um, I'm leaning towards the under here because the Panthers defense doesn't completely stink, uh, but their offense does, in fact, stink. And, you know, the Ravens played kind of a slower pace. They're 31st in offensive pace. So I might play the under here, but I'm not touching a side. Interesting, too, to see that first initial instinct of when you see Roquan Smith with this new defense here in Baltimore. The immediate dividends were Justin Houston and Calais Campbell basically just torturing Andy Dalton for four quarters the last time we saw this group. So now you're going to see them coming off of a bye with a little bit more time to prepare. So, Friedman, what are your thoughts here on this one? Do you think that uh, Baltimore wins this one handily, or do you think there's any possibility with some of those injuries they're so struggling with on offense that – the Carolina Panthers can hang. Yeah, uh, I take Fitz's point, and I'll say, like, there's nothing probably more square than being like, I'm going to bet the big favorite at home coming off of a bye. Like, could you be any more of a fish? I, I will be the <laughs> sicko, okay? I Yes, I want to be on the Ravens in this spot. 12 and a half feels like it's one to one and a half points too short. Like, I, it would not surprise me if this number gets to 13 and a half or 14 because the – the Ravens, they are getting healthy. They are coming off of the bye, and the Panthers are bad. Like, I think they they outperformed last week what we would have expected them to see. You know, outperformed the spread, certainly, but I don't give them a lot of credit for that. They were playing a divisional opponent. They were at home. They were on a short week. Uh, this feels like a very different situation. So I, sh- I show value on it, and I expect the line to move. Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with BetMGM and use that promo code BETTINGPROS when you do, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, and don't forget to use that promo code BETTINGPROS. That's one word, BETTINGPROS, when you sign up today. Terms and conditions apply. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, and Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable. Free bets on site. Credit. Free bets expire seven days from insurance. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. And now back to the action. The uh, Buffalo Bills find themselves after two straight losses now at six and three. They will be home again to hopefully bounce back here for the Buffalo Bills fans, at least against the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland is three and six, and they just let everybody run on you all day long. You can run on the Cleveland Browns. So Buffalo, what we saw them yesterday is they were willing to certainly with that Josh Allen elbow being if he run the football a little bit more than we've seen this year. The Buffalo Bills are eight and a half point favorites in this one over on bettingpros.com. The number is 47. If you like Cleveland to upset them and Buffalo go to three straight losses, it's plus 220. Friedman, let's talk about this one here. Certainly, Josh Allen, I don't I think we can all agree, doesn't look like himself, but certainly still good enough. 85% Josh Allen or 75% Josh Allen is still pretty darn good when you compare him to other quarterbacks in the NFL. But I guess more of the question is, do you feel 
this is any value whatsoever early, whether it be on the over-under or on the line itself in this game, considering what you saw Sunday out of Buffalo. Yeah, like I I would be happy to take this at eight and a half. Uh, I think Fitz might disagree with me a little bit on this. Like I'm much higher on this. I think this line should be like past 10. Um, I'm not as concerned about the Josh Allen elbow thing as I am the Josh Allen decision-making. Like it seems like in the past three games, mm-hmm, he's right. like regressed a little bit more towards like the Josh Allen before he had Stefan Diggs type of player where he's throwing uh, really inopportune interceptions, like the back-breaking interceptions when you could go ahead with another touchdown type of situation. So I'm more worried about that, but I think that is the kind of thing that will tend to stabilize. The elbow doesn't concern me as much. Like he can just throw it a little bit softer and he still has plenty of arm strength and he's still got some of the best wide receivers in the league. You know, I'm, I'm still very much on on the bills here, but I do want to hear Fitz's side of this. Cause I think he's a little less bullish on the, the bills than I am. Well, all right, well, let's talk about it. Fitz, because, you know, certainly what you've seen the last three weeks, the decision-making, the confidence level being shaken a little bit too. Uh, yesterday, certainly some weird moments in that game. So what do you take out of all of this? Because this is a perfect situation here to have a Cleveland Browns defense come in there and try to run the football, get a victory, get back on your feet. But does that style game lend itself to being an eight and a half point spread? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny. Friedman mentioned the decision-making of Josh Allen and he was talking about where to go with the football. I was thinking like, is it a good mm-hmm. decision to throw an elbow at a defender after an interception, throw your bad elbow at that defender? Um, yeah, that, that was kind of an iffy decision yesterday. Um, yeah, I've kind of had a rethink of this Friedman. I, I really don't disagree with you that much. Like I'm, uh, I've initial projections slightly on the Brown side, but the more I thought about it, I mean, this just feels like too much respect for a Browns team that has lost five of its last six and given up 27.7 points a game over that stretch. So um, like, I don't know if the bills are really offensively built to take advantage of, you know, like this is just a team that gives up huge chunks of yardage to running backs. And are the bills really built that way? I don't think it matters. I think they're just going to go up and down the field in the Browns. So um, I, I am starting to come around to your way of thinking on this Friedman. I'm, I'm certainly not going to bet the Browns in this spot. Um, don't really have a strong feeling about the total. Okay. Yeah. And, and by the way, this last week, think of all of the guys who were out on that Bills defense. Some of those sure. guys are likely to come back this Poyer, week. Rousseau was out. Kyrie uh, Lom, Tredavis was out. And come back. Right. Tremaine yeah. Edmonds. Yeah. Just like they, and they were... still had that game sewn up. Despite yeah. all that, they still had that game literally in their hands and then fumbled it at the goal line. Yeah. So there you go. Boy, that sounds depressing. And I'm not even a Bills fan, but that was depressing for me to say that. So I apologize, Bills fans out there. That was uh, that was not fun. All right, let's get to the next game here. Washington Commanders uh, in week 11 after Monday Night Football is over. They're going to be going to Houston to take on the Houston Texans. They will be two and a half point road favorites in that one. Forty and a half is the number here. Uh, plus 110 on the money line if you like the Houston Texans to win at home fits. Is the wrong team favored here? Just a question out here because you got Washington going out there on the road. And, you know, I know the Houston Texans are not a good football team, but it's not like the commanders are world beaters either. Yes. I mean, I think it's entirely possible, Joe. First spin on this, I had the uh, Washington as a very small favorite, uh, saw the actual line and, and maybe inched it up, felt uh, a little pressure to do that. But yeah, like I don't like Washington favored as as a road favorite against anyone really in mm-hmm. the NFL. And uh, the Texans, you know, they went on the road and acquitted themselves reasonably well against the Giants yesterday. Um, the Massey Peabody power rankings say that this game on a neutral field, Washington's about a point better. So on the road in Houston, yeah, I mean, I think this should be pretty close to a pick if not the Texans favorite. So I am going to jump on this and take the Texans. You're only getting plus 110 on the money line for the Texans, which I thought was sort of interesting. I thought that would be a bigger temptation number. I want to see what that number may or may not become as the week goes on. That's one that I'd be monitoring. But this seems like one of those classic, you know, well, the commanders are just a better team than the Texans. But we all know this, the home underdogs, we've watched it happen time and time again, no matter how bad some of these teams are. I mean, the Carolina Panthers proved this concept 
just last week we watched it where the Falcons were riding high and then they came in to play Carolina in Carolina. And next thing you know, they came out with an L. So what do you think Freeman about this one when you look at it early on? I agree with everything Fitz just said. I have this actually even a little bit closer to the Texans. I think he has it at 1.5. I have it at 1.25. That said, I don't want to bet on the Texans. Like it's, you know, like you bet on the Texans and like you get what you deserve, you know? So like, I feel like you're taking your well, face in your own hands. This. Do you think they're going to be a one win football team all year? Uh, yeah, that is distinctly possible. Like I, okay. I could see how that happens. The thing is, I, I might bet this if it gets to three, like I, so I'm just, I'm, this is one of those arbitrary points where I'm deciding to exercise a little bit of discipline, like two and a half. Mm -hmm. I think there's some value there, but I also think like there are things that aren't captured in my power ratings and situations like, Hey, the Texans suck and they might be looking to lose football games. Uh, and they have a head coach who decision wise makes the wrong choice every opportunity he, he has. So I just, I do not want to be backing them unless I'm getting three. So I'm going to wait and maybe this number okay. gets to three. And if it doesn't, I will probably be fine not having a position on it, but I do show theoretical value like Fitz does on the Texans. Yeah. Can I make a point uh, piggyback on Friedman here? Like, I don't want to bet this until after the commanders Eagles game tonight. Cause like maybe the, the commanders give a plucky performance here, like, mm -hmm. and, and hang yeah. close and then it does get to that key number of three. And then I'm going to jump all over the the Texans going against a, Agreed. you know, kind of a weak opponent on, you know, that's playing on the road off a short week of rest. Yeah. Excellent approach. We all turn our keys on that one. Very good. All right. Philadelphia Eagles undefeated as of now, as us recording this podcast, they are eight and a half point favorites on the road in Indianapolis. Feel good story for Jeff Saturday. So uh, we'll see there's hope for all of us now to get hired as NFL coaches. So you know, I'll just keep that in there. You know, hey, they can watch this podcast, say, hey, that Patrick Morris fellow, he knows what he's talking about. I'm going to go hire him and maybe we'll have Friedman be a general manager and use all of his data stuff and everything that he's got. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, as I said, eight and a half point underdogs. 44 is the number for this one. Plus 350 if you want the Indianapolis Colts train to keep on rolling. They threw us a huge curveball because Matt Ryan was a quarterback yesterday. So, uh, yeah. Nobody saw that coming, which was wild and would have been fun uh, had some of us in Superflex leagues not dropped Matt Ryan weeks ago, and now we're all upset about it. So, Fitz, let's look at this one. Honestly, no matter what happens with the Eagles in this game tonight, let's say even if they lose a nail-biter at the end somehow, is there any way this line doesn't just stay around this eight number? Because it kind of feels like, regardless, if you write the narrative of the Eagles lose – well, then they're going to take their frustrations possibly out on Indianapolis. And if they win and they look super convincing, who knows? This eight and a half could become even more. What do you think about this? Yeah, it's going to be over a touchdown for sure. But maybe if they completely crush the commanders tonight, we see this bounce up to like 10 or something like that. So um, I just got to say, I've been waiting for like 16 hours to talk to Friedman about this game and, and the Colts because, uh, you know, Fried, Friedman really liked the Raiders yesterday. And, uh, you know, on our, our Sunday morning live stream, I pushed oh. back a little and I took the Colts as part of our money line underdog parlay, which came in, by the way, because Friedman gave us the uh, Lions and I gave us the Colts. So we hit that nicely. Um, like, we just have to do such a, a major reassessment of the Colts here under Jeff Saturday. Like it looked like they were in full on tank mode and then they swerve us and bring, you know, Matt Ryan out of mothballs after we thought they were just going to roll with Sam Ellinger and try to, uh, you know, get that high enough pick to find the replacement quarterback. Like how was it kept under wraps all week that Matt Ryan know. was going to start? And why did not like, why didn't anyone speculate like, Maybe Jeff Saturday goes back to Matt Ryan. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Colts aren't really tanking. So, man, the Eagles are coming off short rest. I have no idea what the Colts' motivation is. Like, there's too much weirdness here. I just can't bet this game. All right. Uh, Friedman, your thoughts here on uh, the Colts and what you saw yesterday, which was getting back to basics, running the football with Jonathan Taylor, that works, that travels. Uh, losing Shaq Leonard on IR for four weeks certainly isn't going to help anybody defensively. But, you know, sometimes we see this, right? We always talk about this. We talked about in the show earlier this year, the bounce, the, the changing of the head coach, that one-week bounce. Is that all this was? Or does it have any carryover whatsoever where maybe you want to lock in this number 
now before it gets even bigger. Yeah. So thinking about that game last week, there were some, uh, you know, like whispers, there were some beat reporters saying they could go back to Matt Ryan at some point. I wasn't thinking that was going to happen right away. And, uh, you know, it's on me for like taking a little bit of time to like uh, hashtag smell the roses uh, yesterday. So like I totally missed the Matt Ryan news uh, until it was too late. Like I would have bought out of the position if I had known Ryan was going Mm. to be the starter because the thesis of the play was all of this put together. You have Ellinger out there who's not a professional quarterback. If I had known Matt Ryan was on it, the line would have been totally different. I wouldn't have been playing it. And now with Matt Ryan there, seeing what we saw out of the Colts yesterday, I actually am showing some value on the Colts here, which like that hurts my stomach because I feel like I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get banged by him on, on next week or like Both last hands. week and then banged by him this week. If I stay him. away, then sometimes I, you got to stay away. Yeah, you got to let this those tough like, to reach. It feels like go. a stay away. And by the way, the Colts, yeah, absolutely. They're going to want to run the ball because like the hashtags for get back to basics. That is what they will be doing in this game. And the Eagles, they are weakest in run defense. So that does make me lean even a little bit more like outside of the projections, lean a little bit more towards the Colts. But I don't want to be betting on Jeff Saturday and a guy who's never called plays before and dead arm Matt Ryan. Like, I don't want to do that. So I'm going to have to think about this a little bit more. I'm way too tilted about the Colts. Well, when you talk about the fact that the Eagles and the Colts both want to run the football so much, though, too, running the football takes up time. Less time you have, chances are less points we're looking at the board. Is the 44 the way to go with this? And the under gentlemen, anyone thoughts? I'm a point. I'm a point toward the over here. Okay. Very interesting. Friedman. I'm, I'm right at the number. I'm at 43.9. Okay. So, all right. Well, could you get a little closer to the number, please? Just a little closer. All right. Let's go to the New York jets and the New England Patriots. Both of these teams coming off a bye in week 10, but now it's week 11, New England Patriots three and a half point favorites. So Vegas likes them just a little bit more than the jets. Basically 39 and a half is the number here. If you like the jets to keep on rolling, Plus 175. Uh, Friedman, let's talk about this here. Uh, certainly some more time to prepare. Uh, Zach Wilson has had his struggles in the past against that Patriots defense every single time. But that Jets defense is for real. We've talked about it here all year on the show. Uh, so let's talk about this one here. Do you see any early value in the Pats and Jets? Yeah, this is going to be uh, – I want to hear Fitz, what he has to say, because we have a discrepancy on this. Uh, oh. I have value I have value on the Patriots here. I think that this number should be closer to uh, like five and a half. I have it at 5.25. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so above three and a half, uh, I, think there's, I think there's significant value there. I know Fitz is under the three, which means he's probably already bet the Jets. Uh, and I, I get it, but Zach Wilson – is bad like he he is verifiably bad when pressured the patriots can get pressure wilson hasn't performed well in any of his three games to date against the patriots uh this feels like a patriot spot coming off of the bye at home yeah and they've struggled at home in recent years too the mystique and we've talked about this the aura of new england and playing in Foxborough is not what it used to be. Uh, but that being said, Matthew Judon leading the league in sacks, certainly uh, you mentioned getting to the quarterback. Let's the Patriots get to the quarterback. That's for damn sure. So Fitz, why are you so heavily on the other side of this? This is a fun little argument we got going here. Well, let me, uh, you know, break this to Friedman. Mac Jones is bad too, Friedman. <laughs> and, and he doesn't move around. At least Zach Wilson is mobile, you know, Uh so, I mean, the, this Jets defense, man, I, Joe, you mentioned it just now, like Robert Sala has turned this unit into a fearsome beast. Like they are eighth in DVOA against the run and they're much better against the pass than they are against the run. And uh, like it, since week six, actually, like the Patriots also really good against the pass, like since week six in DVOA against the Pats, uh, against the pass, Patriots are third and Jets are fourth. They're only behind the Eagles and Broncos, uh, two other excellent pass defenses. So this is going to be an absolute rock fight of a game. And um, like, I just don't think the Patriots are very good. Uh, like, I don't think much of this offense, uh, they can run the ball a little, but uh, you know, they don't really stop the run. Well, man, like the, the big bet here is the under. Like I, I want to get on the under here and I, I hit the under this morning. I also did place a small bet on the jets this morning, Friedman. So yes, you're right about that. Um, yeah. Like 
I don't know. I, I guess we see this game differently because I, I don't have a lot of respect for the Patriots this year. I, I will say, I think Fitz, uh, is, he has more conviction in his side than I do in mine. Like I, like I can look at my power ratings and know that I've probably been too slow to adjust the Jets up, especially because of their defense, and to adjust the Patriots down. Like, like I know I'm at risk of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough fair enough there's also the risk of the Jets believing the press clippings a little bit too I know they beat Buffalo and that was a huge thing and they've had a whole week to think about how great they are and sometimes that could be a very dangerous thing for a young team that's up and coming I'm gonna lie on the side of the Patriots not because I'm a Patriots fan because at the end of the day they're gonna play defense run the football in New England I think that's going to be enough for them to do that if you had Brees Hall still I might feel differently about this game but they don't so at the end of the day I think they'll get this in a close one, but I would definitely go with uh, with the New England Patriots in this one too. All right, let's go with the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, things are not going well for Sean McVay. Uh, neither are they going very well for New Orleans. They are three and seven. The Rams are three and six. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams are going to be three point road dogs here. New Orleans will be home favorites with the three. 39 and a half is the number. You get uh, minus 110 if you like the Rams on the money line. Fits. Uh, with the uncertainty right now of the Cooper Cup situation, I don't think we've gotten an update on it this morning. I haven't seen one. If you have, please share. But your thoughts here early on, is this one where we just don't have enough information about Stafford and Cup to do anything? Or is this the perfect opportunity to make a wager on this game? Because if indeed we aren't going to have Cooper Cup, and maybe even not Stafford again, this number could get larger much quicker. It's the latter, Joe. I seized that opportunity this morning and and bet uh, the Saints here. And, you know, while I was looking at this game early morning after doing a lot of other stuff, I kind of forgot about the Cooper Cup thing. And I was initially on the Rams. And then when I woke up this morning, I realized, wait, they're not going to have Cooper Cup. Um, all, all the injury docs, the sports injury docs, seem to think that at best, Cooper Cup has a high ankle sprain. So he is yeah. not going to play in this game. There's like no chance. This was not a cramp. Like this is not something we find out. Oh, he's fine. He's going to play. He's going to be out. And what on earth becomes of the Los Angeles Rams offense without Cooper Cup? I mean, like he's their entire passing game. They haven't been able to run the ball all, all year. They're last in adjusted line yards. They just can't knock anyone off the line of scrimmage. Their running backs are all terrible. Like, they are going to have zero offense in this game. Like, you know, the Saints, uh, Friedman and I were both on the Steelers yesterday. Like, that that wound up coming out pretty well. They're not good. And maybe they make the move back to Jameis Winston this week. I'm, I'm kind of anticipating that, actually. But, like, I think a Jameis Winston pick six is probably the Rams' best chance of putting up points in this game. Uh, I'm going to be all over the Saints. All right. Uh, your thoughts on this one, Friedman, too. This seems like a good early bet right now because, as Pat was saying, the idea of Cooper Cup playing in this game seems far-fetched at best. Yeah, I, I agree with Fitz. I do not think that Cooper Cup plays in this game. I do think Matthew Stafford returns unless the concussion issue is more serious than we were led to believe. But I, I don't really think that's the case because they were still – you know, theoretically holding out hope that he might be able to play this week. But with the record, maybe they just decide to shut him down and try to get everyone healthy for next year. But that just doesn't feel like the way they're going to do this. So I do think Cup is out. I think Stafford returns. Um, And I got to say, if that is the case, I am showing value on the Rams. And I would, uh, this sounds so stupid, I would welcome the idea to bet against Jameis Winston as a favorite. Like, yes, give me Winston as a favorite and I will be betting against him almost any time that I can. But, <laughs> you know, I, I'm so I'm showing slight value and it's a situation where so much is unknown. I'm probably going to wait to see what happens and see if the line moves even more, uh, you know, because if I mean, if, if Stafford is out, I'm, I'm certainly not betting on the Rams at that point, And we just don't know with his situation. All right, let's go to. But then again, what is Stafford without Cooper Cup? <clears throat> I guess he's that, a guy uh, who has Allen Robinson, which we know how much that's worth. Well, that's why I'm saying maybe, maybe no matter what, we just <laughs> yeah. go to the New Orleans side of this game right away and lock it in. Uh, let's go to the Detroit Lions, three and six back to back W's for the Lions. They are on a winning streak. Yes, the Detroit Lions are on a winning streak. They're going to take on the New York Giants, who are seven and two. Uh, they are very much a playoff team right now, and uh, you can say whatever you want. Brian Dayball fired up on the sidelines yesterday after some silly mistakes. That was 
that was something to behold, man. I don't think I want Brian Dable to yell at me. Let me tell you, that guy looks ferocious. Uh, but we've got three and a half point favorites here. The New York football giants are 46 and a half is the number plus 165 on the money line. If you like the Lions, uh, Friedman, when we have the New York football giants here, you have a team that wants to run the football with Saquon Barkley and you have the Detroit Lions who we all know defensively have their warts. They have come up with a couple big victories here in the last two weeks. What do you think about this one, though? Is there any value here on the 46 and a half, the three and a half? Do you see anything here you want to do, or do you just want to wait and just forget this game and go right to the prop market instead? I bet this Detroit plus four in the look ahead market. Uh, it's still three and a half in the early market. I see value in that number. It's not that I think this should be like all the way down to a pick em or something, but you know, less than a field goal, I think there's value here. All right, Fitz, how about you? Same for you? Yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, I know what you're talking about, Joe. It was, uh, I think, third and short, and one of the Giants uh, had a false start on that. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, man, yeah. Dable went ballistic on the sidelines. That was his he was, he was a cartoon character. And then um, came back for a second round of it, which was even better. It's like he wasn't it, – I think you do this as a parent sometimes. Like you're pissed off. Your kid did something, you yell at them, and then you realize how stupid that thing was. And you go back the second time and go, do you really understand what you did? Do you realize? And because you had some more time to think about it, and then you go in for that second one. And you know, then you yeah. come back later and you say, "I love you." Don't worry talk about, about it. This just a little bit more. You have the Giants coming off of the bye. I'm sure during that bye week, like a point of emphasis was like, we need to eliminate the mental mistakes. You know, sure. like, and you see a guy make a mental mistake on a false start. Like, so I'm sure that's what it was. Like, hey man, we just spent 14 days talking about not beating ourselves up. And I actually, like, I love it. I like, I love seeing a coach who cares that much about discipline, like about yeah. like, Hey, let's not make, cause like, I, you know, I've endured like the Jason Garrett era where it was just like way <laughs> too many mistakes like that. Oh my God. In, Some in of those Dallas. Jason Garrett teams had so yeah. many penalties. And, and you know what the funny part is too? I think that's so indicative of a, of a team that has, has shown you that they don't really have a whole lot of talent on that. Saquon Barkley is a great player, but you really can't afford to make those mistakes. Yeah. You can't afford to give up plays. And, you know, some teams can afford to do that. Like the Buffalo Bills, okay, you go from, you know, third and three to third and eight. Well, they're just going to throw the ball 20 yards down the field on it anyway. It's Patrick Mahomes. You know, you can afford those mistakes. You don't like them, but the Giants can't afford them. Yeah. They don't have that kind of offense. So Dayball really bringing some discipline there. So that being said, anybody else here, Fitz, you got any feelings about the uh, Giants and Lions here early on? Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Joe. They do not have a lot of margin for error because they are limited on talent, the mm -hmm. Giants are. And Friedman and I have talked about how there is not really a lot of respect in the betting markets for the Giants. And I think we're in some ways maybe seeing that here with, you know, the, the Lions and a team that has struggled to put away games themselves. And, and the Giants are only favored by three and a half despite their record. Um, but like, I see why they're not getting that respect. They really struggled to put away the Texans yesterday and man, they are so one dimensional on offense. Like it was, it was Saquon and like that passing game is so limited. Um, like, can they match firepower with the lions who, yeah, they're the lions, but they actually do have some offensive firepower. Um, like, I don't know. I'm kind of right on the line here, but if I play it, I'm going to play Detroit. Okay, uh, let's go to Vegas and Denver. Oh, Vegas, it's not going to be very long for Josh McDaniels there. It just doesn't feel like it. Two and seven here, two and a half point favorites uh, Denver is at home. They they need the Vegas Raiders to come in so they could be favorites. Look, I mean, I don't know what people expected in that game. If you didn't bet the under against the Titans and, and Denver Broncos, I don't know what kind of football you're paying attention to this year. 41 and a half is the number for this one. Plus 120 is Vegas on the money line. Look, Denver's got the better D. Pat, at the end of the day, I think that's what's going to win out here. Uh, and Vegas just seems like a team that is in disarray a bit. And all the injuries and all the losing, all that just becomes contagious. I wonder if this two and a half is actually not big enough. Uh, and I don't like Denver, but like I just kind of wonder that. Yeah, if I bet it, I'm going to bet Denver, Joe. Although mm -hmm. I kind of just want to walk away from this game. And by the way, man, there are some unsightly games in week 11. Like, Yeah, it's an ugly week. Jets, Patriots, uh, Rams, Saints, Commanders, Texans, and you just go you know, unders. You go straight down the line. You yeah. do all the unders, and you see what comes up. I mean, <laughs> I like that might be an easy strategy this week. The Broncos, Titans, Rams, Titans, and uh, and Packers. That could also yeah. be another one. Yeah, you know? 
the Broncos ran 80 uh, offensive plays against the Titans and just barely cleared 300 yards of offense like that. That offense is looking really sickly, but their defense is legit. And uh, the Raiders do not have a legit defense. Like this is one of the best defenses in the NFL versus one of the worst. So I'm going to play the defense, especially since you're getting that good defense in a home game. Um, as of like when I first took a pass at this, like I didn't see a lot of value in this. But like even as I talk about this now, I think I have to bet, uh, you know, especially if you can get it at three or less, bet the Broncos. Freeman, Denver, Vegas, any thoughts? My number leans more towards Vegas, but I hate it. And I will not bet it until it gets to three and it's already three at some places. And I still don't want to bet it. Cause I could see it going to three and a half. Like Josh McDaniels could get fired this week. Like I think it's very possible. Yeah. yeah. There's a real chance that happens. Like Derek Carr was crying in his press conference yesterday. Like this is, this is a team that feels like uh, they have lost all sense of hope. And that is not the kind of team I want to be betting on. A playoff team last year too. And a, a playoff team that loved that coach that they played for. It seemed like such a weird, love fest and the fact that they moved on from brescia is just i don't know sometimes you just got to go with what's working at the end of the day the dallas cowboys minnesota vikings are going to lock up here six and three is dallas the minnesota vikings moved to eight and one the vikings though uh if you can believe it are two point underdogs at home against the cowboys 47 and a half is the number uh if you like minnesota on the money line and i do at plus 110 well, this is a good opportunity for you. Uh, your thoughts here on this one, Friedman? Do you have any surprise here? Because I think the wrong team's favorite in this one, too. Yeah, it's not a surprise. Um, but, you know, certainly what we saw yesterday, I think, should change the way that we are viewing these teams. Although I, I say that, okay, like, yeah, Dallas, you know, going into Lambeau, losing, you could see how that happens. A lot of teams lose in Lambeau. It's a hard place to play. And, okay, yes, the Vikings, they did win in miraculous fashion against the best team in the league. And I still think the Bills are probably the best team in the league. But, you know, like, it seems like every week the 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 Vikings are getting, like, Minneapolis miracles, right? And there's nothing in the underlying day. There's nothing – that you can like kind of parse to say like, okay, this is why in terms of like a coaching matchup, like they're great in third and short, or they're always going for it in fourth downs. Like there's nothing that you can pinpoint to say, this is why they are winning all of these one score games. So it feels like a string of luck, but I mean, yeah, I've, I've adjusted the Vikings up because you have to do it because they're winning all of these games. They have a good offense and seemingly they have an opportunistic defense and the Cowboys. Yeah, they did lose against an inferior Packers team in a game where they were ahead by two touchdowns. You know, like if, if you have the killer mentality, that's a game that you win. Uh, so I, I am showing value on the Vikings here. I think this should still be Cowboys favored, but favored by one. Um, I think this line is going to move down towards the Vikings. And so if you like the Vikings, I think you bet it now. Yeah, I think you bet it outright. You like the Vikings. You just go right to the plus 110 there, get the plus money, lock it in. That's it. Um, losing is contagious. We just talked about the Raiders. Winning is contagious too, Friedman. I, I mean, um, Fitz. And I think that, Actually, both of you. I'm going to tell both of you winning's contagious. No, but seriously, Fitz, I mean, you look at this. I mean, I don't know what it's going to take for us to buy into Minnesota a little bit. Sometimes some teams just have that thing. And for a team last year that struggled mightily in those close games, they're winning these close games. And that makes a huge mental difference because you start to believe you're going to. And if this is a close game again and this one's at home, I'm going on the Viking side. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm so torn here, Joe, because like I've been – telling you guys i've been telling friedman on the sunday morning live streams that the vikings have been living a lie and like skating by and like beating mostly bad teams until yesterday like the the dolphins were the only decent team the only team with a winning record they've beaten on this current winning streak but like man there is something about this team like really resilient look at what happened yesterday justin jefferson had to make one of the greatest catches of oh, all time so then they stuffed Kirk cousins at the goal line and then like you know Buffalo completely botches a, a QB sneak. Like they just could not put away. The Vikings were like the uh, killer in a slasher movie. Like it was Halloween, the, the knitting needle in the neck, coat hanger in the eye. They just like kept coming, you know, like you could not <laughs> kill the Vikings yesterday. It was, it was Michael Myers, man. So um, 
they the Vikings <sighs> did kind of win my respect a little bit with that performance. But on the other hand, like this is exactly the sort of spot where I want to bet Dallas, a team, a good team coming off a tough loss that probably has them pretty pissed off today going against the fat and happy team that just won a game. They had no business winning. And uh, like, man, that is a formula. I love betting and have been, you know, very successful betting over the years. Like take the hungry, angry team coming off the loss, the good team against the fat and happy team coming off the win. So Man, I, I still have to come to grips with where I am right now. Like, I can't, I'm, I'm too, Joe, I'm showing value on the Vikings, but I don't want to bet the Vikings here. It's okay to believe. It's okay to love again. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, three and six, are five-point home underdogs to the Cincinnati Bengals, five and four, coming off a bye. Now, you're not going to get chased back in this game, but the Pittsburgh Steelers did get TJ Watt, who makes a big difference. He played 80% uh, of the defensive snaps there, more than I thought he was going to. 42 and a half is the number. If you like Pittsburgh to win outright, it's plus 185. Fitz, I see some value here on the Pittsburgh side. I think I'm on Pittsburgh all the way here because they can get to the quarterback now that TJ Watt is back. And when you can do that, good things happen, especially that suspect Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Imagine the Bengals pull this one out. But I like this five. This is a good number. What are your thoughts? Yeah, they needed Watt badly because they had the third worst pressure rate in the league. Zero. Yeah. yeah, they they just did not have much of a pass rush without Watt. So getting him back is huge. And Joe Burrow's been the second most sacked quarterback behind only Justin Fields. He's gone down 30 times this year. Um, and it just like the Steelers beat the Bengals way back in week one. That feels like forever ago, but uh, 23-20 in the opener. My one concern here is that Kenny Pickett has been really bad and he looks, he looks really bad. I mean, I just, can they match firepower against Joe Burrow with Kenny Pickett? Like that's my concern here. So um, man, I'm, I'm showing a little bit of value with Pittsburgh, but I don't know if I can bet on Kenny Pickett against Joe Burrow. Well, the, but Joe Burrow struggled in Pittsburgh before we've seen that even I want to say last year, if memory serves too, didn't they drop a game to Pittsburgh in Heinz field when it was still Heinz field? I, I could be wrong, but I, I remember one of these games where you looked up and you're like, wow, that did the Steelers just beat the Bengals. Uh, but Friedman, your thoughts here, because again, e even if Joe, uh, if Kenny Pickett struggles, you have to imagine that there's an opportunity here for them to keep this game at least within range. Do you think they can, or maybe you're on the complete opposite? of this yeah i have this projected at five and a half and i'll say like i hate betting against mike tomlin when he's an underdog especially mm -hmm. when he's an underdog at home that's like his smash spot and and we saw it yesterday yep. right like he just he crushes in that spot and he also does well as a dog in division too so it's <laughs> like this venn diagram of all of the tomlin <laughs> smash spots and it's just i'm showing value on the other side i think this line will move up uh i've been working on a uh, expected uh points metric for fantasy and for the past four weeks, like all of the uh, the Bengals are just crushing in in that metric. Like Joe Mixon dominating, Joe Burrow dominating. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase not in this game, but he's been dominating. T Higgins. Like, I think this is too much. Uh, you have the the Bengals coming off of the bye, and they looked great heading into the bye. So I'm I'm on the Bengals in this spot primarily because I do see value, but also I think the line's just going to continue to move towards them. Okay. Uh, if it moves continuously towards them, then I will continue to bet the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's go to uh, Kansas City and Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Kansas City seven-point road favorites. Patrick Mahomes playing like an MVP. Uh, certainly going to be down Juju Smith-Schuster, though, for uh, some time. We'll see how long. 50 is the number for this one. Uh, Friedman, any early value on this one? Do you want to lock in this seven? I think so. I've projected for seven and a half. I, I bet it at five and a half in the look ahead market because that just that number on his face just seemed way too low. But even at seven, you know, it is the key number. Uh, I have it at seven and a half. So I do think there's a little bit of value there. All right, Fitz, how about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I I kind of like the Chargers in this one. Like you really do. We yeah, when we saw the Chiefs play the Chargers in week two in that Thursday night game, uh, the Chiefs won 27-24, and they needed a 99-yard interception return early in the fourth quarter um, to, to pull that out. Like, the Chargers thoroughly outplayed the Chiefs. Like, man, and I was as impressed by a losing team in that game as, you know, I have been pretty much all year. And the, the Chargers 
turned in another really good effort on Sunday night against the 49ers only to come up on the losing end. So like, I think this is too much. I mean, I know that there is not a big home field advantage in SoFi. Like it, that home field advantage is probably worth like less than two points. But um, I, like this just feels tall to me. I, I'm The only difference is they had Mike Williams in that game and he had eight catches for 113 of the touchdown. Yeah, they will. Maybe Mike have Williams, him. I don't know. They might maybe have him next will. week and they might, maybe. you know, it's possible they get him back. It's possible they get Keenan Allen back. I mean, I kind of don't want to bet it until we know more, but uh, mm -hmm. part of me wants to just grab it now. All I'm right. going to take last... the under on those guys playing. And you have Gerald Everett, <laughs> who left with a groin injury last mm -hmm. night. So, yeah. like, all three of those guys could be out. Yeah, that's yeah. a problem. I would jump on this seven now if I was people personally. San Francisco 49ers, Arizona Cardinals here. Last one. San Francisco, seven and a half point road favorites right now. 45 is the number. Plus 190 if you like the Arizona Cardinals on the money line. Fitz, your thoughts on this? Any value you see here early on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I like the... I like the Niners about a half a point of value there. Like, I just don't think much of this Arizona team, even though they were able to beat a totally toothless crippled Rams team yesterday. Like I just, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm all over the crippled. Niners. There you go. Toothless and crippled your thoughts Friedman on, uh, on this one, any early value for you? Yeah. So this number is actually at seven and a half now. And, um, Man, I'm showing some theoretical value on the Cardinals, but it's not as if I want to bet this. And this uh, this is the Mexico City game, uh, I, I believe. So uh, oh. interesting situation there. You you do not have the Cardinals at home, you know, kind of the, the neutral site game for both of these teams. But um, seven and a half, I would be tempted to take the Cardinals, but uh, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I forgot this one was the Mexico City game. So that that kind of makes me not like the 40. This is just going to be a walk away game for me. All right. So there you have it. Before we walk away, recap real quick. Uh, Fitz, what are your favorite look ahead things really quick before we get out of here? Oh, man, I'm all over that Jets Patriots game. I like the Jets. I like the under and I think I like the the Chargers against the Chiefs, believe it or not. I'm flying in the face of Friedman with two of these fast bats. <laughs> Again, he just loves it. We got to get that on a shirt. Uh, I love the Titans and the Steelers early on here. I'm locking in those bad boys. Your thoughts, Friedman, and what are your favorite early look-aheads for week 11? Yeah, I still like Chicago at plus three, and I like Detroit at plus three and a half. All right, there you have it. Don't forget, everybody, go download that Bet MGM app, the king of sportsbooks today. Start making your wagers, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well at Betting Pros, and click that little bell till it goes ding for notifications. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Matthew Friedman and Pat Fitzmorris, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.